Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like getting the new high score. It only matters in the moment, but you can appreciate it. Today on the show, we can talk about video games, or we're going to talk about video games. Of course, we can talk about video games, Um, but recently someone mentioned uh, on Twitter something about Joe Rogan having a um, pretty strong opinion about video games and how they are... Uh, an addiction, a distraction, something that is uh, perpetuating an unhealthy lifestyle for so many people. Meanwhile, it's becoming one of the more emerging industries in the world, and um, people like me have benefited greatly from having video games in our lives. But there is a stark difference in what you get out of video games depending on how you approach video games. So, Let's talk about that today on Dopamine. Let's hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. Drums, please. All right, friends, welcome back to the show. Thank you for your patience these last few weeks because I've I've needed to take a little bit of time off, and uh, I'll probably talk about that in an upcoming episode. But um, essentially, I've been making some changes to kind of refocus and rethink some of my purpose here on the podcast and trying to rethink what dopamine means, what it stands for, and how I'm going to support people. So if you notice around the dopamine sphere, and this is just sort of a quick housekeeping update, um, you'll notice that um, the website's been polished. Uh, we have our chatbot personality test up there. That is something I've been working on all year and um, made some updates that feel pretty good in terms of the pacing, the um, the actual results have been helpful to a lot of people, and I'm starting to formulate where those things go. Meaning, as you take the test and you find your personality type, there's going to be more you know, additional information uh, for you to learn about your personality type and how that eventually leads to empowerment advice and growth. Each thing that I do includes advice in it, so it's not just information about your personality type. There's always advice laced in everything I do, Um, and that's part of my main mission with dopamine is I want to empower you to be able to take the reins in your life, define your sense of normal, and um, really take your own power back, right? Because I think personality typing as a whole, the industry tends to focus a bit on diagnosis. And I don't want to just quote unquote diagnose you as, you know, your personality type. I want to give you a prescription. I want to give you support and I want to give you a way to learn how to grow. So I've since updated some of my, um, my coaching offerings as well. If you go to callensley.com slash dopamine, there are a couple of different options for creative coaching, for, uh, personality development coaching and, um, yeah, just there's a couple things up there, so go ahead and check that out. Also, I've updated our Patreon to include the Patreon is going to refocus to teach how to have how to how to do personality profiling sessions so that you can learn how to type other people and also use this as a service, something that you can offer people to make extra money. Uh, so for the small monthly fee of as little as $19 a month, there's three different tiers. Each tier is the same. 
but uh, the tiers are basically, you know, it's an accessibility tier, it's a standard tier, and then there's a sponsor tier. So if you can afford to pay a little bit extra and sponsor someone else, you pay the higher amount, or you can pay the standard fee, or you can pay the accessibility fee. Uh, either way, it all is a bunch of really great information that's going to be added, um, information and advice on how to perform your own personality profiling sessions, make your own money from it, some of the business sides of things and all of that stuff. And of course, I'm still doing profiling sessions at dopamine.life slash profiling session. So that was a long kind of update, but I, you know, I've been gone for a few weeks and I think it's important for you to know um, what I've been up to. So um, I wanted to talk about video games on this episode because video games are something that has been consistent in my life as one of the most helpful and inspiring elements of my life, of my career, of being an artist, of being a creator, being a designer, being a storyteller, even though I, I'm working on the storytelling part. Uh, video games are another thing that you can see as a good or evil, depending on how you approach it. And it's been this hot button topic of debate for as long as it's been uh, around since ET was the game on Atari that everyone hated, but still, um, you know, there were, there were still all sorts of pixels being shot at other pixels. And there was always the question of like, is this violence okay for kids? And like, I don't, I think there was violence before video games. So let's think about that first. Second of all, um, <laughs> video games are, Video games, again, it depends on your approach to it, right? And I think if sort of the byline I'm expanding on is that if you approach video games as TV, you may let it consume you. If you approach video games like books, you may become more immersed into it and be able to enter new worlds, expand your horizons, uh, expand your creativity, learn new stories, experience new things, and be able to connect with communities and to be able to learn how to tell your own stories. And I think one of the biggest things is that video games encourage empathy. Video games encourage that you put yourself in the shoes of a character that is not yourself. And while I think it's important that we talk about representation in video games, when it comes to like the big picture thing, um, a lot of us video games allow for the opportunity for us to put ourselves in someone else's shoes, not to play a character that represents us, but a character that re represents a different archetype, right? Like I could never be Spyro the dragon, <laughs> like maybe in uh, attitude, maybe personality, but I'm not a dragon. I can't be a purple dragon. Like that's just not what I can be. But if a good, a good story or a good experience can show me what it's like to be that and video games provide the opportunity to be that and video games like any other medium is an opportunity for storytelling for engaging with something that is different than our own reality and when we think about um, some of the big picture issues around you know race and gender and stuff like that um, this is not me preaching about those things this is just like reminding ourselves that video games are a way for us to experience empathy in a way that is unique to any medium. I love video games because I think it's an active form of entertainment. 
I like it more than reading because reading, I'm still, I'm still reading about a person's perspective and I can put myself in their perspective, um, but I'm still hearing it in my voice as I'm reading it. Or if you're playful, you can kind of do it in someone else's voice or whatever. But video games are painting the picture for you in a lot of ways. And you experience this character's um, narrative. You control them. You get to tell them what to do. You get to uh, experience their world and experience an innovative story that can sometimes only be told with interactivity. So, for example, I love the, the, the game Brothers. Tale of Two Sons came out within the last 10 years. I don't remember exactly when it came out, maybe 2013, something like that. Um, And it's a story about two brothers and you play it on one controller. You play as both brothers and you use the sticks on the controller to the left one controls the older brother. The right controller um, controls the younger brother. I think that's right. Either way, it's one controls one, the other controls the other. And you go through this story and you're trying to get to this end point where you're trying to get something that's going to, you know, save your, I think your father's sick and you have to go get medicine and, um, spoiler. So I'm going to, if you don't want to hear the end of this game, which is nearly a decade old, you can, you can step away now, but, um, it's probably too late for that. When you get to the end and you get the medicine, you, one of your brothers dies, the older brother dies. So you still have to go back and finish the journey, which is what I appreciate so much about this. This isn't just like an, a credits roll and you just, you know, passively watch someone else's grief. You have to go through the process of experiencing everything you just experienced without your brother. And this story hits, this is one of the first things I thought of when I lost my brother uh, two months ago is that you have to go back through the journey by yourself, not only as the younger brother to sort of prove your sense of uh, your personal strength and to show that you can do it yourself, but to feel that loss. Because when you're playing the game, you're still using the same controls. So you're just controlling the one brother with the one side of the controller. The other stick doesn't do anything. And because it's gone, your brother's gone and you have to go through it and you experience that. And to viscerally feel that, to feel that emptiness in the hands, in your hands on the controller is just something that video games can only tell. And to get through that story, it's just, it's heavy. It's a lot, but it's important. That's probably commiserate of someone's personal story being put into that game and dealing with some of these big issues like grief, loss, um, but not only those heavy things, but like different degrees of how we can experience joy and imagination, you know, new worlds, new ways of, of conquering and experiencing and, and sometimes letting things out, right? Like you can let things out in a video game that you can't in real life. Uh, so while there are Lots of, you know, whenever there was like a a school shooting back in the day, not that that doesn't still happen, unfortunately, Um, you know, you see the news stories over and over again, especially when like you find out that the the guy played a lot of video games. Um, There's, you know, there's this this call to blame something. Uh, 
And in my perspective, in my experience at least, video games has been an outlet for a lot of people. And while there's a lot of shooting games out there, first-person shooters, a lot of those games create a sense of community. A lot of people go online and they form factions and they connect with each other. And um, my my little brother has made you know one of his best friends he was playing online with, and he visited in Florida, and now they're friends. Um, so, I mean, there's what I really wanted to bring up with the video games debate kind of thing is that very rarely is anything one-sided, especially when it comes to something like a complete creative medium. It's like saying TV is bad wholesale when there are so many great TV shows, there's so much that you can learn from, from directorial experiences, from books, from art that you can't experience in other situations. You may not have access, again, to being a purple dragon <laughs> that shoots fire and goes around the world and collects gems. I don't remember what Spyro did. Um, I haven't played Spyro in a long time. But there are all these platforming experiences. Like, I, I played Super Mario Brothers when I was three years old. And to go through the process of that first screen of Super Mario Brothers, where you scroll to the right. And first of all, design language-wise, like the character's on the left, so it gives you the indication that you probably need to go to the right. And then you come across the first bad guy, and then you realize, you maybe you walk into him, and you're like, oh, that's a bad thing, I shouldn't... Okay, next time, I get, you immediately start over, and then you're like, let me press a button, let me see if I can jump. And then, you know, there's all this great unspoken design language and video games provide that unique opportunity to, to communicate ideas, to communicate, uh, creativity. And I just love video games for that reason. So ever since I was three years old, video games have been an obsession because it, it also provides the opportunity for me to, for, for anyone to, to learn lessons in life that you wouldn't normally learn just by, you know, going to work and going to school and reading a textbook, right? You learn um, reflexes, dexterity, even if it's just like your, your fingers doing the work, it's sort of like visual connectivity between um, your reflexes and what you're doing. Um, your reaction time can improve your awareness of, um, you know, dangers in, in the world, uh, can improve. And you also get exposure to just different kinds of stories. Um, I know video games have a ton of cliche stories. They're not the, gr they're not all wonderful, great, amazing stories, but there are some that will surprise you. And the, the latest one that I played is called Never Song. It's on the Nintendo switch. And it's this experience that takes you through, again, the process of grief and the story of kind of facing your own inner world and, and dealing with your internal struggles. Um, the, just the way to be able to communicate that and to experience it yourself and play it is just an amazing thing um, in my perspective. So I just want to show that it's not as simple as having someone like Joe Rogan and a whole, whole bunch of people that agree to say that something is wholesale. I think wholesale bad. I think it's just a matter of your perspective. If you approach something as 
passive as something you're not expecting to learn from or hoping to learn from. If you're just wanting something to entertain you, um, that, and, and I think there's a limit to that. And I think, um, anything that can be an addiction can also be enjoyed in moderation. And I think video games are nowhere near anything like drugs or alcohol. I think video games are another way for us to feel the feedback loop and to feel satisfied with what we're doing. But we still have to apply discipline. We still have to be responsible for ourselves. We still have to know when to stop. That includes anything. Um, You know, playing video games doesn't... Video games are not a scapegoat because you're an adult and you make the choices that you're going to make so that if you... If you get addicted to it, quote unquote, there's reasons for that. There may be uh, a reason you're using it as an avoidance tool. Maybe there's something you're not dealing with. Maybe there's someone you're not talking to. Maybe there's a responsibility you're avoiding. Maybe there is a big life change that you're avoiding. I've done that plenty of times. I've played video games for hours and hours and hours avoiding a conversation I needed to have. I have sat and played until 6am and I had work the next morning and I beat myself up for that because that was just a dumb choice. That was not smart. And I tried to call out of work and I couldn't. (laughs) And, um, you know, those things end up leading to losing a job. And then you have to ask yourself like, to what degree was that worth it? And it's simply, either self-discipline or finding accountability externally to get someone to help you to manage that, right? Like, I'm going to play some games for a while. Can you check in with me at 9 p.m. and, you know, see where I am? And then I'll tell you when I'm going to stop, right? And you have to honor that for yourself and for other people. So, yes, video games can definitely be a distraction, just like binging TV shows or, um, even, you know, streaming through books. I think books can, can, um, are, are going to be amazingly in-depth, uh, ways of learning about people's experiences way more than like TV shows even and movies, especially, but you can also breeze through books and not absorb anything the same way with video games. You could just breeze through and do the pew pew shooty thing and not, take time to appreciate it and experience it. I, having grown up through the development of video games, I appreciate the evolution of video games so much. Having just played Super Mario Brothers, where you're just moving a pixely plumber from left to right, and, you know, subsequently playing Atari games and all, and Intellivision, uh, ColecoVision, all of those things, and going through uh, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, Neo Geo, um, Sega Saturn, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, N64, not in chronological order, um, and all of these, the evolution of pixels and voxels, and now we're dealing with triangles. Uh, it's to see the next evolution of video games, where things are going, what that enables in terms of storytelling it's incredible to me. It's not just about visuals. It's not just about movement. It's about how you can interact with the world, how you can experience 
climbing through mountain ranges that you would not normally be able to as a person. Maybe you have an injury. Maybe you don't have access to that. Maybe you're not brave enough. Maybe, I don't know, there's a ton of reasons why you may not be able to experience something. But video games allow you to be immersed into it in a, in a way that you really get to share and experience someone else's vision in in a way like like none other. And to me, that's just an incredible experience. So part of this episode is, is love letter is a, is a love letter to video games for me. Um, but also a reminder that how you connect with something is just as important as what you're connecting with. Right. So as I said, as I said at the top of this, if you treat video games more like TV you may let yourself get lost in it, being passive. If you're using it as an avoidance tool, you may see it as passive, something that you can just point at and say like, well, well, the video game made me do it. That's just not even remotely true. Stop lying to yourself. The other side of that is that video games can be like books and that you can experience worlds the music, the sounds, the the beauty, the the movement, the way characters move, the the upgrades, the murder. <laughs> there's I mean, there's all sorts of other questions about like the you know, the the necessity of having to show all of that stuff, but I don't know. If it's authentic to the experience, I think that's fine. Whatever is authentic to the experience, as long as you're just not not, not doing it to pander, right? And I'm a fan of authenticity. Authentic storytelling uh, usually wins me over. So while not every video game is is worth anyone's attention, it's the same with TV, the same with books, the same with any kind of art, music, etc. I think as you go through life, you're going to learn that there are more things that you can enjoy, even if they're quote-unquote not great. Um, but... I think I think video games are better served when you approach them with intentionality, right? Like, I'm going to play this game because I want to go through it, I want to experience it, or I want to connect with my friends, or whatever. Or I need to kill 10 minutes. That's totally fine, too. Um, but not just something where you're just, like, avoiding life, or avoiding a responsibility, that's a very, very big difference in how you choose to use it. So remember, like anything else that I encourage on this podcast, empowerment is about you and about your choices, and allowing yourself to take responsibility for those choices. Even if they turn out to be bad, you can adjust next time. That's totally fine. And frankly, the more responsibility you take in yourself, in the work that you do, in the enjoyment that you have, in the rest that you have, the more joy you can really bring to the experience. Because it's not just another thing that you do. It's something that you want to experience and intentionally enjoy in your life. So I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Um, if you are interested in doing a personality profiling session with me, I focus on Myers-Briggs. 
you can go to dopamine.life, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E dot life slash profiling session to sign up for a profiling session today. And if you're interested in becoming a personality profiler, if you're starting to learn Myers-Briggs for yourself, um, you can go to patreon.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E to uh, become a patron and start to learn how to personality profile. We've got all sorts of other things. Uh, I focus on INTPs on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dopamine TV, again with the E. And um, that's pretty much it. So, um, yeah, 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 that's pretty much it. I got all sorts of things going on. But if you go to our website, you'll find out what's going on. So, with all that said, um, I'm going to go play some video games because <laughs> I really enjoy it. And, um, you know, again, intentionally enjoying your life your experience um, is really where you're going to learn how to get the most out of it all i hope that makes sense if you have any questions hit me up let's go see note on all the social channels and um, that's it so go play something go enjoy something relax take your mind off of things or put your mind into things take care of yourselves and each other and i'll catch you next time on dopamine see ya